0: Hey everybody. I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Gang, the financial masterclass in Uncharted is coming at ya. It's KPIs, budgets and spreadsheets. Oh my, our intensive course is taught by Stephanie Goss. You know Stephanie Goss. And the one and only Jennifer Galvin. It runs from November 19th to December the 17th. That's right. It's a 5-week course. And in this, Stephanie and Jennifer will talk about the key elements of financial planning for your practice. They will talk about reviewing your own budget. They'll identify opportunities to improve profitability, they'll discover tools to make managing business finances easy. They're gonna uncover ways to make numbers align with the business goals. That's right, your goals and your numbers. ...working together. They're going to help you get your team involved from the ground up in the financial health of your practice. That's right. How to talk to your team. You are going to manage your business's financial information safely and on the go. That's right. we are going to talk about managing from home, making it easy to keep up with what's going on in your practice. If you're excited, if you're like, that's what I need... Five weeks lecture small group discussion with other practices that are similar to mine and where they are in their financial strategy <gasps> then, then you gotta join uncharted head over uncharted vet.com right now get in and shout out the master class so we will get you in again november 19th to december 17th on top of that we're going to open up registration for the April conference, and it is going to sell out. It is going to sell out fast. This is the first time I have been unsure whether or not the public would get a chance to get some of these seats because our community has grown, and this conference is popular. It's our marketing and strategy conference. It is the granddaddy. It is the original. Um, it's going to go fast. If you remember, you'll have a much better shot than if you're not. And with that, let's get into this episode. And now... The Uncharted
1: Podcast,
0: and we are back. It's me and my co-host Stephanie. Listen to your heart, goss.
1: <laughs> uh, how's it going, Andy?
0: It's it's good. It's yeah. good. It's uh it's been uh it's been a week. It's been a wild week. I had the um proverbial five twenty p.m. blocked cat. Yesterday, man, he was, he was, he was overnourished as a vet I used to work with said when she (laughs) didn't want to hurt people's feelings. (laughs) He was very overnourished. I like that. And he was not an impressive boy either. So he was overnourished and he was not impressing other cats in the locker room. If you know what I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it made my job hard. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. Why is it
0: that those cases always seem to come in at five o'clock? I don't know. I, <laughs> I do, you know, I, I, you know, me, I'm, I'm a perpetual optimist and I tend to look at the bright side of things. I, I do think that a lot of times people get home from work at five o'clock, five twenty, five thirty, and find their sick pet. Yeah. And grab their pet and run to us. And we're like, Pfft. What are these people doing here at five <laughs> fifty? What the heck, man! Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I get it, and that totally—that narrative—that helps me be a happy person. Totally, you know, and deal with it. Like, okay, there, you know, there's obviously the ones on Saturday. There was the guy that came in, and and you know he walked in literally four minutes before we locked the door, uh-huh. and the front desk said, "You know, we um, we really, we stopped seeing." appointments 26 minutes ago and he goes see what you can do and then he just sat down in the waiting room like (laughs) there's that guy and of course the dog has been having problems i think he's had a urinary tract infection for the last seven days Uh Uh you know and you're like that guy's killing me he's killing me but um but i can find i can find the blot cat emergency in my heart a lot easier right cause this is a this is an acute problem that has arisen today so yeah for sure anyway for that's, sure. that's 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 me oh man <laughs> what a way to start yeah. the week <laughs> so yeah and it sounds like your your clinic
1: is equally uh chaotic yeah man it's crazy right now it's it's crazy i am feeling I am feeling the struggle. I have I have felt it before, but I'm feeling it very much so right now. I um, am in a, a multi-doctor practice. We have had four doctors and uh, for a variety of life reasons um, in the last six months, we have had two of our four um, leave and so we are looking for uh, and relocate. And so we are looking for two new doctors right now. And the struggle is real, man. It is. Oh, man. It is hard to find vets and recruiting takes a lot out of you and my team is is so positive about it I'm like, you know hey guys we're gonna have a new you know a vet come and do an interview this week and they're like, And I'm thinking, okay, I've you know, I'm I'm gonna put more work on their plates when we're already crazy busy because we're down two vets and I'm like, but we need to the clinic to look shiny and clean and can you know, can we can we deep clean the can we deep clean the floors and all those things? And they're just they just have such a good attitude about it and they're like, Yes, a new vet. When are they coming? Tell us about them. Like yes. They they still have energy and excitement about it, which is good, but it is it's it's a struggle right now for sure.
0: Well good luck.
1: It has been crazy.
0: Thank you. Fingers crossed. Let's get Thank into what, what we got today.
1: Yeah, this one's a good one. I am I am excited um, about this one for a whole variety of reasons. We got an email from a listener who was asking a really simple question, but one I think that requires a pretty complex answer. Um, and this person said, I'm really struggling with feelings of not being an adequate leader of my team. How do I go about having my team and my practice owner evaluate me?
0: Yeah. I thought that was a great question. It's one uh, that I've, I've, I'll be honest. I have really struggled with this in the past at different times mm-hmm. of, am I, am I good enough? Am I doing a, am I doing a good job? Mm-hmm. That's, that's been something I think a lot of us. um, I think a lot of us wonder that are, are, you know, are we doing a good job? Are we good enough? Oh, are yes. there things that we should do to get better? And I think we all know that we have blind spots about ourselves. Yeah, for and sure. When, when you feel like you're on display as the leader and you don't have anyone who's going to point those blind spots out, I, I, I think that that I think that is stressful. I think the first step, first of all, I have to give real props to the person who sent this email, because the fact that you're self-aware enough to say, I, I know I have blind spots, mm-hmm. I know that there are things that I could do better. Now I'm wondering if I'm good enough or if I'm doing good enough job. And I'm also wondering how I improve my weaknesses. I think that's a level of self-awareness. A lot of people don't have. And Mm -hmm. so I just, I think we have to start off by being like, man, the fact you're asking this question, I think that that's a wonderful thing. I think a lot of people see it as weakness. Like I'm insecure and that's why I'm asking this. And I would say, "Mm, no, if, if you continue to ask it forever, that's insecurity if this is something that has come to you recently or because of some events and made you question, that's not insecurity. That's self-reflection. That's self-assessment and awareness. Mm-hmm. That's a legit desire to improve yourself. And so I, I don't think we should shy away from this question.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great one too. And, and um, I love that this person asked it and I immediately had a few things um, come to mind and I, th- I think you and I both. Uh, were of a similar mindset when we started looking at um, what popped into our heads after reading the question, where, where do you start in terms of getting into the right headspace when you're thinking about um, asking for, asking for feedback? Cause that's really,
0: really what this is about, right? Yes. That's, that's what this is about. Let's unpack this. Let's start with headspace because that's where we always start. Let's start with headspace. When we start thinking about feedback as a leader, especially if this is unsolicited meaning you're the manager and no one has said you need to have evaluations of yourself or you're the owner mm-hmm. and and no one has said hey you need to do this thing better, but you're just you're just having these thoughts. The first thing that I start with is why do you want to know this mm-hmm. and what do you want to accomplish? Yep and I feel like that is a very important question and the reason is because there's two things that get wrapped together when we start having these thoughts and these questions and one of them is a sincere desire for feedback and improvement and the other one is a question of validation and those yeah. are different right me wanting to get better uh, and be coached or 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 get guidance that's one thing me wanting to be validated That's a different thing, not better, not worse, just different. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I think when people say, well, how do I get this information? I'd say, let's be honest about what you want. Mm -hmm. And if you say, honestly, I'm looking for validation. I want to know that I'm a good boss. I want to know that my people like me. That's not bad. It's super productive just to understand that. And so why do you want to have this? Is it because you need reassurance that you're doing a good job or is it because you feel like you want to grow or you're ready to grow or you're looking for ways to invest your um, educational potential in to get, in to get better? Mm-hmm. And unpack those. And usually usually it's a mixture of the two and that's fine, but at least lay those out on the table. Are you doing this because you want feedback to get better or are you doing it because you want validation for the work that you're putting in?
1: Yeah, I think when I when I first read the question, um, the first thing that popped into my head was, why does this person feel like they're not an adequate leader? So, you know, I, I think often those feelings can be an internal, but there also can be external influencing factors. And so for me, sitting down and figuring out why are you asking this question in the first place is hugely important. The how, the second piece of the question, how do you do it um, is to me by far and away the easier part of of this um, conversation. I think figuring out your, your why is really important. And the reason that I think that is because if you are struggling with feelings of um, being inadequate in terms of being a leader for your team And you go about the how in the wrong way, you can wind up feeling a million times worse. Oh, yeah. Than than you were at the start. If you don't,
0: when you're like, like, I'm struggling with validation, I'm struggling with feelings of inadequacy. And then you go to your team and go, Hey, what could I do better? (laughs) Then you're going to, you're just, Teeing them up to tell you what you messed up yes. and what you're weak in, yes. and when you're feeling inadequate, that is the worst possible time to get that feedback uh, you so that's that's why that's why we separate it. That's such a great point is yes, we set ourselves up for disaster so well
1: and i I think I have to be a hundred percent real here like this this one really resonated for me I think it's I think it's something that um. I've really been struggling with this last year as a manager is feeling like, um, feeling like I don't know how I feel about my, my work and my leadership. And, um, I'm one of those people where nobody is harder on me than me. Right. So I, as Andy knows,
0: like, I I know this well, it is true.
1: I will internalize a simple mistake and just beat that horse to death in my own head and um and so when you're in that place and you're already struggling whether it's something that you recognized on your own or something someone pointed out to you and in my case it was getting some you know air quote feedback from um another another leader who um is above me who um questioned my abilities as a as a manager um and they thought that they were giving good feedback and and how it came across and what was said was you don't know how to manage um that that was an external factor that then made me spiral into do I know how to do my job? I feel like I really suck, but my teammates, you know, I did this thing for them and they didn't have this reaction. And all of a sudden, all of these little things that ordinarily I might not think twice about, I am questioning and I am I am judging myself on. And then when you're in that headspace already to go through a process where you're getting, you're trying to actually get feedback from your team it is very difficult to actually see clearly through the weeds in that stage um, and in that state of mind and so I think it's really really important that it to recognize that it is a dangerous place to ask for feedback first for several reasons for me if you're gonna ask for feedback you have to have a solid relationship that's built on trust
0: Yeah, know I I agree, I agree with that as a as a, as a starting place so you gave a great example of how we end up in this question of a validation, let's say of, am I doing a good job? How we get to be there when there's an external pressure that comes in from the outside and makes you question, I'll tell you a story of, of an internal, you know, test Mm -hmm. that, that comes up that a lot of us feel. And so when we start off in practice, we have a friend network uh, for, you know, that we see every day. And so if you're a technician, you go in and the other technicians are there and you are one of the team and the team generally validates each other. They say, thank you. They say you're wonderful. We had, uh, this is, um, when we're recording this is national technician week and and we have, we had secret sisters at our practice, which is where they kind of did a secret Santa to, for each other. Uh And it was very much about how, how awesome, you are and what is what you do. And and it was, it was great. It was wonderful. And so you get that sort of that validation, the team, but then as you move up that validation, it disappears or gets harder to find. So when you go from being part of the team and you move up to the manager, suddenly you don't have that web of other people around you. They're validating you and you're validating them. Validation kind of goes downhill where you validate your employees or you validate the staff but they're not necessarily taking time out of their day to validate you, which Mm -hmm. makes sense because it looks like brown nosing, you know, it looks Mm -hmm. like pandering. And what I've seen, I've seen this in in the vet world. You see it as a vet student, you validate the heck out of each other because you're all going through this veterinary school experience, which is challenging. And then you go and you become an associate vet and maybe there's a couple other associate vets at your practice. And if you're lucky, you build a relationship and you guys Mm -hmm. sort of validate each other, but then ultimately you become a practice owner or a medical director and you move up and now you're in that same spot of your colleagues have kind of been stripped away. And as we come along, it's easier to easier to feel isolated. And -hmm. if you're really like this is resonating with you, hardcore, we have a podcast um, a little while ago called um, it's lonely at the top. And I think it's a lot about this, but you move up. And so ultimately you don't have that web to validate you around you. And so whether Mm -hmm. it's, someone comes in from the outside and gives you feedback that makes you question your skills and really makes you feel like you need to be validating what you're doing or whether this is purely internal and you have just moved up to the point that you don't have that support structure around you I think either of those two ways we come out with validation right with validation mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. And, and so the things for me to find validation because these are things that I'll, I'll you, be honest to say I've struggled with this before because mm-hmm. I as Uh, you know, Uncharted has grown. And as the vet stuff, the vet clinic stuff has grown, I had sort of gone through this process of moving up and moving up and feeling like I had fewer and fewer peers and also feeling like people are looking at me to exude confidence. And I think you see that a lot as a manager is that people are looking to you to be confident about what you're doing. And if the boss is uncertain and seems like like he or she is not confident that radiates down and that's, that's bad. So I think there's this great pressure for you to put on the air of confidence that you know what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. that for a lot of us, that makes us feel like we can't be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's the trick. So what do we do about the validation part? For me, it's a couple of things before we get into the feedback. Number one, I think it's important for us all to take some time every now and then and ask ourselves, how do I know that I'm doing a good job? Mm-hmm. Do I know I'm go- doing a good job? And how do I know that I'm doing a good job? And I think as we become leaders, at some point, we do have to build that muscle of self-validation. Yes. We do have to be able to say, I know that I did a good job. I know that I am working as hard as I can work. I know that I am making the gains that we need to make, even if the staff is unhappy, because sometimes what needs to happen will not be popular with the staff, at which time being able to internally validate yourself is so important. And I think that that is a muscle that a lot of us need to work on and build, especially those of us who grew up as sort of perfectionists. We got validation from getting A pluses in school, Because we don't get A pluses anymore. No one gives the practice owner an A plus, Mm -hmm. right? So that Mm -hmm. validation is gone. Or if we grew up and our parents would pat us on the head and say, good job. Or our professors would pat us on the head and say, good work. You did really great. If that's how we were nourished, that validation doesn't really exist anymore as we climb up to the top. And so we've got to figure out what, how will I know that I did a good job? And then play to that so that we can feel that validation. And so for me, that's that's number one. Number two, it's helped me in a validation standpoint to think about what it means to be a leader and what a leader looks like. And I don't I don't know if this is a gendered thing. I don't know if it's more for men than for women, but I can just only speak from my own experience. You know, when I grew up, I was always shown the image of like the football coach or the military general or leader is like, that's what a leader looks like. You know, they don't take no scruff from nobody and they tell people what to do. And the people don't speak back and they don't ask questions because they respect the leader. And then they go and they do the thing. And that's how, you know, you're a good leader. When people don't, you know, question you, they just jump to what you say because they know that you're right. And that's bullshit. (laughs) that I have just come <laughs> to, that's complete bullshit. That is not what a leader looks like. You know, if you get to the point where you are telling your people what to do and no one is questioning you or asking you to explain, you have a real problem because your people don't trust you. Yeah. If they trusted you, they would ask you to help them understand. And they would say, right. Hey, help, you know, like, can we, can we talk about this? Because I feel, because i I wouldn't say this, but because I feel ownership and I want to be included. And, you know, I, I know that you'll hear me when I ask you about these things. And so if your people are silent, that's not the mark of a good leader, even though general Patton makes us think it is that's, that's the mark of a poor trust in your team. And so what does it mean to be a leader? I always say the best leader is not general Patton. It's Kermit the frog. Who everyone, everyone questions Kermit the Frog. You know, Kermit cannot do anything without six people going, but Kermit, how are we going to do this? And what are we going to do about that? That's not failure. That's connection with your people. And so getting your head straight about what a good leader looks like, I think that's vital. And if people are questioning you and asking you to explain, and they're even maybe starting to, to challenge early in the process, that's not bad. That's good. That means people care about you and they're invested in what you're doing. And so getting that, that straight in, in your head may be really helpful as far as you finding validation. And the, uh, and the last thing I want to come back to is exactly what, what you sort of said and ended with, because I think this is the real jumping off point you have to earn their trust to get any sort of feedback from your people, right? To, to get any sort of, I don't know, uh, any sort of sort of questioning and any, any sort of validation. If they don't trust you, they're not going to, they're not going to give you true feedback. And if they don't trust you, even if they do tell you that you're great, you're not going to believe them, you know, because that relationship is not strong enough where you, you know, it, it sounds like they're just fluffing your pillows, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> um,
1: well, and I think I think the trust is important not only in terms of getting uh, feedback from your team, but um, you know, this person was like, how do I, how do I how do I ask my team and my practice owner evaluate me? And I think I I think we're gonna talk about pieces um, of. Both sides of that, but for me, um, when I when I really started to think about this and and I was pulling it apart in my brain, the same as you, which is like, are you are you actually wanting feedback? Are you looking for validation, for praise or compliments? And I think that it's fine um, if you want both, or if you want one or the other. I don't think any of those are wrong. But what I think, um, where I think that trust comes into play, is that if you don't have a a solid relationship that has a good foundation of trust there is the possibility for huge disappointment when you ask for for feedback um especially from practice owner bosses and i'm i'm just truly speaking from my own personal experience here if you have bosses that are not operating with a high emotional intelligence um, and or advanced leadership skills themselves and you go to them asking for feedback or for praise and validation you have the potential for huge disappointment and so i think it's really 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 important that you understand are you looking for feedback and that you figure out what the plan is to obtain functional feedback or are you looking for praise and compliments And if so, what, what does that look like to you? And so I think you, um, you pulled out one of the questions that I actually used in sorting through this myself. I I wasn't maybe successful as a leader currently, um, as a result of the feedback that I had given. One of the questions that I asked myself was, what does success look like for me? What are, what are, what does it actually look like? And what are signs that I'm doing a good job? What does what does successful management of the team look like? And when I answered that question, it was all of the things that I was doing. But I continued. I, I And so I had this clear picture of this is what success would look like to me. And I was doing all of those things. But I set that aside and said, but I still must be a crappy leader because because someone thinks that I'm not doing my job correctly. And so I think it's really, really important to sit and hold that space of what does success look like for you um, and really paint that clear picture of um, what does that look like? What are the steps that um, mean that you're a successful leader? And just sit with that for a while because I think at the end of the day, if you are doing the things that you know paint a picture of of a good, clear, successful manager, then does it really matter if your team, your bosses, or anyone else is telling you, hey, you're doing a good job? If what the picture of success looks like to you is staring at you in the mirror, I think that that was a question I needed to ask for myself was, does it matter what they think?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great question I think that I think that's fantastic is <laughs> does does it does it matter? Is the feedback from this person what dictates success for me when I say what does a good job look like? Does it involve that person giving me feedback or me impressing that person, and maybe it does maybe it doesn't
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think Sitting with the question, I I think that that is key. And I do think that that helps find validation. I think some people will probably say, but I'm still struggling or I still, I'm still having a hard time. And the things that I would say beyond that, I think the first thing you do is you sit with a question. What does it mean? What does success look like? How will I know I'm doing a good job. (laughs) And I think looking for internal validation and, and building that muscle is really important. I think a step beyond that is a... Finding a community, finding a tribe, like, I don't know, possibly uncharted <laughs> veterinary community. It's in all seriousness, this is one of the greatest parts of, of like a group like uncharted, if not uncharted, mm-hmm. then a group like uncharted is there are tons of managers and practice owners and the practice owners have their own practice owner group, for example, where they can just talk to other practice owners. Mm-hmm. And we're having a practice owner mini conference where it'll just be practice owners at a conference over the summer. And part of the reason we have that group is so that people can come in a spirit of vulnerability and say, guys, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling inadequate here. Mm -hmm. And then you can find validation from people who have walked the path that you're walking. Mm -hmm. And they don't have any skin in the game. They don't have any stakes here. They don't Mm -hmm. have any angles they're working. They're not trying to get you to be nice to them. They don't have any skin in this game. Mm -hmm. And they can talk to you about this and you can find validation through the eyes of someone who's not at your practice, but they've walked the path that you're walking and they can ask you some questions and, and really help you get some clarity. So uncharted is a fantastic resource for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and there's other groups. If you're a practice manager, uh, uncharted is, is definitely there for you. The VHMA is another group that, that does that well, I think. And then uh, local, local practice manager groups can be fantastic. So those are, those are things where I think we can find validation and that is having that tribe, but you have to invest into, into a tribe like that. You have to say, I'm going to get here. I'm going to validate other people and, you know, and help them when they reach out and then they will be there for me. (laughs) And, and the last part, and I'll put it out there sometimes, honestly, guys, this is a great reason to think about uh, some professional counseling or some, some therapy. And I don't mean that from like a depression or anxiety standpoint or anything like that, I think a lot of us think about counseling or therapy and we say "Uh, that that's for people who are are really struggling and it's, it's not necessarily, I think a lot of people have found real benefit to talking to someone who's entirely neutral, Mm -hmm. right? They're not your team. They don't, you're not their boss. They don't, they don't really care if you leave, if you stop coming they're they're there to listen to you and to ask you some questions and to help you kind of sort things out. And I'm telling you, as, as we sometimes climb up and you get to be especially like a practice owner or a manager, if if you don't feel like you have that connection with your owner, sometimes having that neutral outside voice to validate the scenery that doesn't know you, they don't know the other players, they don't have any allegiances that, that can be the best money that you can spend. And so something like, uh, some of the the online stuff, like like BetterHelp, for example, things that you can jump on, sign up for, talk to somebody, even text, whatever. Get the validation that you need. Get the headspace. Get the the outside opinion or view, and then and then and then you can bounce back off of it. Those are things that have been very valuable for uh, for people that I know. It is super creepy that you
1: said both of those things. It's like you're in my head right now because we didn't talk about this at all but but i will say that those are um so when i started to feel this way in my in my own practice and this is this is true story you guys this is something that i've been going through the last um couple of months and the first thing that i did was reach out to somebody from uncharted and i picked up the phone and i called our our friend jen galvin and i said jen i need a reality check cuz yeah. i've been sitting with this and I, this is what I think success looks like and yet I still feel like I'm doing a shitty job. I need help. And I had the ability to have somebody who knew me and who knows the job and knows what it's like look at what I'm actually doing and say, but are you failing? I think you're failing to see that you're not failing is, is is the problem. And so I had a I had a really good conversation with her and I, I felt really supported, but I was still really, really struggling with feeling like I've gotten some feedback and I can't see what is staring me in staring at me from the mirror. And so um I am lucky enough to work for a hospital that offers an EAP, an employee assistance program. And part of that is that um, employees have access to free counseling support. Um, And I actually reached out to our EAP and I said, hey, I would just love to talk through some things with someone. Um, And so I had some sessions with a local counselor and just kind of talked through how I was feeling and what I was, what I was concerned about. And it really gave me the clarity that I needed to kind of um, get back in the right headspace. Because while I, while I won't say that I, like you said, I, I wasn't feeling like hugely depressed or hugely anxious about it, it was creating a fair amount of normal anxiety. And it felt really good to, like you said, sit with somebody who has absolutely no skin in the game. There's no judgment. There's no, there's no, um, they don't know any of the people involved and to just be able to lay out um all of what was going on in my head and kind of sort through and be able to see how the puzzle pieces start going together. Um and it was it was so so helpful. And so I definitely think that that is a really valuable piece of the puzzle and if you are an employee who works at a hospital that has an EAP that's a free resource for you to take advantage of um and if you don't there are now like you said so many options that provide low cost, uh, digital counseling to really kind of be able to just chalk it through with somebody. And I think that that's, um, an important piece of the puzzle because when you get out of the headspace and when you go to the, how are you going to tackle this? You have to have a clear head or it's not going to do you any good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I think thinking of it as a tool is super valuable. And I think, I think a lot of us just, I've never, I've never thought that way. And when we say therapy, people are like, oh, that's a clinical medical thing. Mm-hmm. Look, pay, pay somebody 50 bucks an hour to listen to you talk through a problem, ask you hard questions to help you get your head around it. And that's, that's a business expense. I mean, that is a, a basic, uh, that is a basic strategic, uh, play mm-hmm. that you make. And it's, it's not about anything other than, than getting perspective. And so I, I put that out, but again, I'm telling you, uh, I think this, the reason we're hammering on this really hard is because there's, uh, for so many of us, especially small town veterinarians, we do not want to talk about problems of like validation and am I doing a good job and what's really important. We don't want to have those conversations with our staff. Like we, we don't feel like we're able to, and we don't want to, like, we don't want them to necessarily be a part of that conversation. That's not, that's not, Mm -hmm. that's not where we are. And then if you're, you know, you're a vet in a small town or you've got sort of a tight knit community or, or, or you, or you don't have a friend that you feel comfortable talking about that stuff with, man, pay somebody, throw money at that problem. Just be Mm -hmm. like, I, I need, you know, it's worth it to me. Ask me hard questions. Help me think this through. Let me talk this out. And I don't want to burden my friend with an hour of me, you know, questioning myself. And so I'm just going to pay somebody else to listen and 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 walk me through it. And then that's going to be it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll talk to him mm-hmm. twice and then I'll be done and that'll be fine. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just something to think about We don't have, we don't have any, uh, just so people know, we don't have any sort of relationship with a uh, better help or anything like that. It is one of the services that's out there. And, uh, because of our work with, uh, four eyes, save lives and suicide prevention, we do have a, um, a code with them. And I'll put it in the show notes. I think it's like betterhelp.com slash Dr. Andy Rourke. But I- I'll put it in the show notes. If it's something that you're thinking about, I think it's for like a free week uh, to to try it mm-hmm. out or whatever. But um, but we do have that relationship. I'll stick it in the show notes if, if it's something that you want to try. So, all right, cool. So that's the validation stuff. Let's get into the nuts and bolts here. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are chomping at the bit. All right, fine. Got it. How do I ask my people for for real feedback and get better? <laughs> oh, man.
1: Okay, so I think... um. I think you have to start, so I think most, I think a lot of people often think about how do I get uh review feedback, especially for a manager and immediately everybody's, a lot of people's minds go to let's do an anonymous survey monkey digitally so everybody can give their feedback.
0: I, what a shit show. First of all, like, let me say, <laughs> I know that people have done it and they have, they have been like, it worked great for me. I have seen this just blow people's faces off. Like I have seen this go so wrong. So just know that's my bias coming in is I have seen people do this and then spend literally six weeks cleaning up the mess yeah. after it was done. Yeah, and it can, okay. it can be done. It can be done. I I know there's a lot of people who who have had a good experience. I can tell you it can go really wrong.
1: Okay. So I think the differentiator in in it going right or it going very, very wrong. I don't think that it's wrong to have um, a way to source some feedback from your team. I think the anonymous piece, um, like any anonymous piece gives people the freedom to throw a punch and not think twice about it. Um, however, I, th- I think the bigger thing for me is what questions are you using? Because I think too often in anonymous uh, 360s, Uh, formats we're asking questions that really aren't eliciting the kind of information that we need and because it's anonymous we have no way to go back to people and ask for more information and so what comes out of it is the shit show that you (laughs) described and there's no way to clarify that that information and so i think if you do do if you do do um a digital format to get some feedback from your team, I think it's imperative that you really think through the types of questions that you're asking and how you're asking them. And I think I I would argue a hundred percent that there has to be an in-person piece of the puzzle. It cannot be
0: all digital. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. If you want to, so, okay. There's, In my mind, if you really want to do this, there's two phases. There's an in-person phase, which is a smaller number of people that you trust, that you really want to hear from and hear at a deep level. (laughs) And then there's the broad net of... I want my, do- my door to be open. I want people to be able to give me feedback. Maybe there's people that I don't know that well who would have very good feedback for me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a different phase. So let's start with the broader phase first. This is, um, this is the one that I put less emphasis on. And I think that that helps diffuse the shit show part because mm-hmm. if you're like, I'm going to put this out, this is not the core central being of the feedback for me, mm-hmm. but it is a mechanism, but I'm going to put this out. I think we can start with that for me, it's, it's two pieces. Number one is what you said, which is picking, picking the questions that you ask. And I will share with you the two questions that, that I really like. And I, I would do these both digitally and I use them also in the in-person uh, conversation. So I'll share those mm-hmm. questions in a second. So it's the questions that you ask, but then number two is if you're going to do this, and I, I know I came in hard on it at, at first and it is a very convenient way. And there are, it does work a lot of times. The only way that it works And it can work this way. You've got to set ground rules. And generally what happens is you you have got to have a meeting with the team. And when you put this out, you have to let them know, I'm going to be sending out this survey and it's for a feedback of me. Uh, It's feedback of the doctors and the staff give feedback to the doctors. If you want that, I've I've seen it done where it's everyone in the hospital can give feedback on everyone else. You can do that if you've got a staff of 12 uh, to maybe 15 beyond that, it starts to get pretty, pretty burdensome, pretty cumbersome. And you lay down the ground rules and you, and and when I say lay down the ground rules, I don't mean that you come in robotic about it. You come in and you say, guys, we're going to do this. The people that you write about, they're going to see these words and remember that they're real people and everybody is trying hard and don't write anything that you wouldn't be okay reading if somebody wrote about you. Mm -hmm. And I have found that if we say that to people, they take it to heart. And generally act that way. And I have seen when we don't say things like that, when we say, here's an anonymous survey, I don't know what people think is going to happen. I think that they (laughs) think it's going to go to some magical place that will clean it up and give, you know what I mean? And give Mm -hmm. some sort of homogenized, you know, version uh, of the, of the feedback to the person in a very gentle way. Right. That's not generally how it works. I I think when (laughs) you remind people, Hey, I know you're typing from behind a screen and no one can see you, but know that a real human being who's doing their best is going to see this. Right. A a lot of times that's all that we really need. And I still, some people say, do you have an editing process? I, if you're doing this for the team, I do, I'm sorry. I do. I, I do not want some, you know, I, I, as it sounds bad to say, I do not want someone who's having a terrible day or they, I don't want the one immature person in my practice to just bomb, you know, one of my technicians, yeah, and, you know, and destroy her, her self-confidence because they've given feedback, which isn't fair. I, I just, I don't, I don't like that. I, I, I do agree with the filtering system.
1: Well, and I think one of the rules that has really helped me there is to, to tell the team, um, if you are giving feedback and you, um, or commentary and you do not have an example because this is anonymous i i don't have a mechanism to use your feedback if you don't have a concrete example and so i asked them to give me the who what where when why and really spell it out this is a good concrete example of this behavior that i'm talking about or um, you know or otherwise 99.999% of the time i won't use it because I, unless i can read it and i can think of an example for that employee that i could then share with them without without being able to share an example and really paint a picture for the person that you're working with in a review setting, whether it's one of your team members or it's yourself sitting in a review process with a practice owner, if they tell you, Hey, I, uh, you know, we got some feedback that maybe you're not the the best leader and there's no example of what does best look like. It's really hard for our brains to process that. And so that has really helped me. I still hate the 360 Um, review process, but it has really helped me with getting the team to kind of think in a more productive way is to just tell them, listen, you can, you can give all the feedback you want, but it's not going to be used in terms of sharing it with your teammate or with the owner, if they're reviewing them or the doctors or whatever, unless there's a concrete example that I can share.
0: Yeah, I love that. I completely agree. So if you're going to do the 360 feedback and you're going to do electronically, I think that's, that's how you do it that, that combination of, of factors and steps. I really like some in-person feedback. If you really want to go deep and you want to get better then for me, it, it's face to face. And I put, I set it up like this. Um, I don't want to screen. I want us to meet face to face. I may meet person one-on-one. I may meet them two-on-one or even three-on-one. So say that you have, um, say that you have three registered technicians, and you want to get their feedback. It may be less stressful. You may get better feedback if you talk to them two people or three people at a time. Mm-hmm. And so, or you may get it one-on-one. Sometimes talking to somebody one-on-one um, in the office is super stressful and they really shut down. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll relax a lot more if their friend is there with them. Mm-hmm. But I do I do like face-to-face feedback. I want to remind people of the old saying Do not take feedback from anyone you would not ask for advice. Oh man, I love that. I like that. I I like I like that a lot. And it doesn't. I mean that in a disrespectful way, but if there's someone who has you, there's someone who we just do not get each other or we have different priorities or this is someone who doesn't have a maturity level where I would seek out their advice. It doesn't mean I'm not going to take their feedback or I'm going to, you know, they're going to be the only person I don't meet with. That's not true.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But let's be honest. There are some people who you would, you would seek out their advice or if they gave you their advice, you would take it. But if this is someone you're like, I would never take advice that you gave, then why would you, why would you take that person's feedback and, you know, and, and internalize it? So I think that's, that's a mantra that I like to have. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Remember that this is not a public hearing on your leadership. I, I am wary of managers, leaders, putting themselves out there on display for people to take shots at. And we talked about that before. And mm-hmm. people go, that sounds ridiculous. I, I've seen this so many times. And it's because we get beaten down and we're looking for validation. And we just say, hey, I really want to know what you guys think of me. <laughs> Let me know. And it and it is sort of this public hearing. And, and I don't think it's fair. And I don't think that it gives people the feedback at the level they need to make changes. So intimate conversations, especially with people who you respect, who you would take their advice on other issues That's, that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. When we, when we start to set it up, so you start to have these conversations, this is an exercise in vulnerability because you are putting yourself out there Now, essentially by having this conversation, you are admitting that you are not perfect, Mm -hmm. that you know that you have flaws or you have weaknesses. And of course you do, you're a human being. Right. But it's still, just own it. Just own that that's what this is. This is vulnerability to put yourself out there. And, and start with the, why explain to the person what the heck we're doing here Mm -hmm. and just say, Hey, I want to have a check-in meeting and I'm sort of looking at myself in the mirror and, uh, at my, my management style and my skills. And I'm focused on improving, uh, as a leader in the next six months. That's something that I have decided to take very seriously. And so I was hoping that you could give me some feedback on what I do well and what I could do better.
1: I think that piece is so critically important when you're framing this for your boss, when Mm -hmm. you're, when you're, when you're having this conversation with your practice owner um, or your medical director or whoever your boss is that you're about to ask for the feedback from, I think that you have to start with the why, because otherwise I think that there is such a huge potential, especially with a, a practice owner, um, they have just as much on their plate, if not more than you do as a manager. And so if they don't understand why you're asking for what you're asking for, they have to understand the what as well, but the why is so important. It would be very easy for them to blow it off, but I cannot imagine a scenario in my own personal experience where if I had gone to my practice owner and said, I, exactly what you said, I am really, have been looking at myself and my performance as a leader, and I really want to continue to grow and get better, and I would really like your help with that. Can we sit down and talk about, um, you know, how things have been going with me as a leader and how I can continue to grow and improve? I cannot imagine any of them saying no and blowing me off.
0: Right. Um, I agree. I agree.
1: You know, so I think it's really important that you take that step, be brave, be vulnerable. And maybe that first step starts with sending them an email. Maybe you don't, you know, feel like you do feel like they might blow you off. And so maybe it's like, hey, instead of asking them, you know, in the course of the day where it's busy and chaotic and there's more potential for them to not actually hear what you're saying, maybe it's sending them an email and then having a follow up conversation in person whatever you need to do to feel like you're approaching it in a space that is going to resonate with them, do it, be vulnerable, be brave and just start with the, the why in, in
0: asking them for it. It is nice to prime this so that they can think about it. Oh yeah. Especially if they're going to, if they're going to speak to you in specifics and really give you the best advice. I, I don't give my best advice when I'm shooting from the hip. Obviously, Uh, if you stop me in the hallway and ask me, I, I will tell you what I think. But it's not going to be anything as effective as if I have a day or two to sort of think about it and try to think of examples to support my points.
1: Yes, hundred percent. So, so
0: giving them that heads up, I I think is I think it's really important. The other mm-hmm. thing that I wanted to point out from from the way that, that I sort of set it up, the tense in which we speak is really important. And and that's something that I bring up a lot. You notice that when I said that, I didn't say I'm looking for your feedback because I don't think things have been going well recently. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm looking for your feedback because I'm, I really want to focus on my leadership skills in the coming six months. Mm -hmm. This is where I want to grow. Focus on the future, not on the past. This is not Mm -hmm. about criticism of mistakes that you've made or things that you've done unless they serve the purpose of helping you grow in the future. So it's not Mm -hmm. that we're not going to bring up things in the past but we will bring them up in the context of going forward. This is how I can be better.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. So what you said, you had a couple of questions that you really like um, to ask yourself or ask other
0: people. Sure. So ask other people. Okay. When, when I, whenever I'm asking people for feedback, and I do this in, in the Uncharted community. I do it with my speaking when I go and and speak. Um, and I have evaluation forms for people to 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 tell me how the presentation was. When I uh, ask for feedback from you guys, from my team, uh, the first thing we do is we ask people what we do well. So can we start off? And again, I'm laying down the groundwork. I let people know we're going to talk about what I what I have done well and and what I can do better. And the first thing I'd say is can... Can we talk about my strengths? What do you think that I do well? What do you think that I'm good at? Mm -hmm. And I'm doing that for two reasons. Number one, I do want that information. Remember, I'm getting feedback, right? And if this is going to be true feedback, then I do get some good feedback. And it's amazing how much we just discount that. We're like, no, no, keep all the positive crap. Just tell me the bad stuff that I I need to work on. (laughs) Hashtag or slash beat myself up about when I'm alone. Like, give me that stuff because that's the meaty stuff. Don't, first of all, don't blow off the good stuff they say. It's amazing. People will spend eight minutes telling you all your good things. And they're like, and, uh, you know, you, when you, when you do surgery, you, sometimes you, you yell <laughs> and you're like, everything else is gone. It's like, that is a thing. That is a thing that we need to work on. That is not, it's not a good thing. Right. But you just completely discarded eight minutes of you're a nice person and you're a wonderful communicator. And the amount of time that you spend preparing for surgery, explaining to us what you're going to do is incredible. And you have changed my life and I have nominated you for a Peace Prize Award. And the rest of the staff is leading a campaign for you get the Veterinarian of the Year Award. And like you throw all that out the window. And grab onto the one crap nugget that they Uh gave to you. (laughs) So, so don't do that. Don't (laughs) discount the good (laughs) stuff. Also, if you want them to be honest with you about where you can improve, you have to give them the chance to tell you the things you do well. Because if I just walked to you and said, Steph, tell me, tell me what I'm not good at. You, all of your warning bells are going to go off. And you are going to, the voice in your head is going to say, don't you dare answer this question. (laughs) Don't you
1: dare. That's like, that's like asking your, your partner or your significant other. Does my butt look big in this? Like that's the question you just
0: don't ask. Absolutely. Does my butt look big? (laughs) You don't think my friend is hotter than me, do you? (laughs) There are questions that we do not wade into. And that's one of them. But, but if I say, what do you think I do? Well, what are my strengths? And then I listen, right? Maybe I take some notes and jot some things down. Remember, if you want to make somebody think that you're listening to them, if you want them to know you're listening, take notes on what they say. I'm going to jot some things down. I'm going to, I want to really focus on hearing the things they say I'm good at, because that is important. And then after I've asked them, what am I good at? Then it's not, what am I bad at? What could I do better? Mm -hmm. What could I do better? What could I do better going forward? And again, it's future tense. What could I do? How can I improve? Right. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a better place to hear this because I've just heard a bunch of good stuff, but they are more likely to tell me the truth because they feel like they have had a chance to tell me the good stuff. And now when they tell me the bad stuff, they don't feel like they're rolling up in and just crapping on me but they are giving an honest picture of I painted the highlights and I gave you the good stuff and here's the stuff that could be better. And now it feels like they're being fair to me Mm -hmm. and they are more likely to share with me what they want. So same thing on the, on the, on the digital polls as well. What can this person do? Well, Mm -hmm. what could they do even better? Yep. We use, um, we use a format
1: that I, I wasn't sure of at first, but I've really come to like it. And it, it's a, um, can you stop format? So you ask your team, what what do they want you to continue doing? So what are the things that you're already doing well that they like that they want you to keep doing, that they need you to keep doing? What are the things that they want you to stop doing? So what are, what are some things that are important enough for them that they need you to hear that this is disruptive to them, whether it's um, something you're doing that's making their lives harder or something you're doing that is disrupting things to the practice. What do do they need you to stop doing? And then what do they want you to start doing? So what are your opportunities moving forward in the future? What are things, again, that are important to them or that have an impact on their life where you have an opportunity to to get better and help serve them better. And I have really found that format to be super super helpful for actually eliciting examples from my team instead of the traditional crappy 360 feedback that nobody n- nobody wants to read because it doesn't have any tangible This is a thing that you are doing or could be doing or that I want you to do. And here's why I want that to happen. I think that it helps give them a think in the example mind frame a lot easier.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, I think that's what I've got. I don't know um, anything else from me. Is there anything else from you?
1: um i think it's it's for me when i when i ask for a review of myself it's also um i there's a couple of questions that i ask myself but i also I also want to share them with my practice owner or my medical director or uh, my field leadership. And that is what was my biggest accomplishment? So I think it's really important to look back and not look back in a negative way of what did I screw up in this last year, but what did I accomplish in this last year? And that's one that I really take the time to kind of think about for myself before I share it. But I think the sharing it with the other person really allows for them to have the opportunity to give you some of that praise and some of that um, that feedback that may not have been present in in the moment. Like I know as a manager, there have been lots of times where I have accomplished some really big, really big stuff, and in the scheme of all of the chaos that was happening in the practice, there was no opportunity even for a pat on the back. And so this is a this is a chance for you to acknowledge what have you done really well, and then allow your your practice owner. Or your your leadership team to really give you some of that um, praise and that those those pat's on the back because we all know as a manager if you're in it because you need that you're never gonna feel. You're never going to feel good in in a manager role because it is a lot of times a very thankless job. But this is an opportunity for you to feel some of that praise because we all all need it at some point, you know. Um, And then I think the other piece of it for me is what do you want to accomplish next? I think that for me, I don't feel like a review process or um, a feedback process has been successful if I don't know what the goal is, if I don't know where we're going next and so part of that is what do i want what do i need where do i want to go next and involving them in that part of the conversation you know do i want to get a certification do i want to go to a um go to, go through some schooling do i want to go to a ce how can my practice owner my field leadership, my medical director. How can those people help me grow? What, um, and, and to answer that question, you have to know what do you want to accomplish next? So those are, those are two things that I think are, are super critical for me. They, they meet needs that I have um, and that I would want to ask beyond the, you know, what am I doing well um, and what, what can I improve on in, in the future?
0: I think that's fantastic advice. I love the idea of looking back at what's the biggest thing I accomplished in the last year. Yeah. I think I think that is excellent. Well, thanks for doing this with me, Steph. I appreciate yeah. it as always.
1: I love it. This was great. And to our to our uh listener who wrote in thank you, I think the fact that you are asking the question. Absolutely, says that you are not just an adequate leader, but you are an exceptional leader. And so keep on fighting the good fight because you're doing a great job.
0: I agree. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. And that was our episode. Guys, I hope you liked that episode. I like that episode a lot. If you have questions or quandaries, email them over to me and Stephanie. The email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. See you next week.